Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from quarantine. I'm Erin. That's Anne. Hi. That's Star. Hello. We're joining you on Zoom this time because we had some technical difficulties. Um, oh, by the way, sorry. You can find us at our brand new uh, spanking, how do you say it, Ange? Brand new spanking website. Brand spanking new. Brand spanking new website. That's how That's how the younger people say it. At www.bitchhogpodcast.com. <laughs> You can also find us at BFF.FM every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30. We have a very special guest who's just fucking gorgeous on, during this pandemic. Whatever. Go ahead, Anne. Yeah, you know, I, I, forgot to tell her we, I forgot to tell her that we don't dress up for these, so now she's just upstaging us on every front. Now we have to add that. When we invite guests, we have to add that. Like, hey, yeah, we, we dress down. We bring zero effort, <laughs> FYI. Yeah. But um, no, but we're so excited to have you on for your second time. Yeah. Uh, the first time we had you on, you had me and producer Char in tears, uh, but Erin couldn't be there. So thankfully, Erin can right. be here now uh, for one of my dearest friends, Marina Stenkov Hodge. Welcome back. Hi. Uh, Hi. And. There are many reasons we would love to sit down and talk to you, but specifically now because you're a nurse. So if you wanted to just kind of tell us about what your experiences have been lately. Wow. Um, In a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) How long do we have? Um, I don't know. I got got some some uh, high high stakes right now to make you cry again, but I think that's possible with this material. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm always ready to cry, so yeah. <laughs> fine. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, there's a lot going on. I, you know, I think just the internal emotional stuff that's been happening, um, like, on, on every level for everyone is, is just really heavy. And so to have that, and then everybody else is kind of shutting down and seeing my artist friends, like, not getting work and other people that are teachers not being able to work. And then my work is ramping up that in and of itself has been a really weird thing. Um, But then also like the extra added safety issue for me. So that's my, my payment in all of this is putting my life on the line, I guess. Um, And we all are to a certain extent, but you know, going into the hospital, it's been, yeah, it's challenging every day. I get really anxious when I'm at home um, about going in and then I get there and it's been really um, kind of a beautiful thing because I feel really grounded when I'm there because I think when I'm away, um, my mind just starts spinning and, you know, we all are just inundated with so much media, so much of which we don't even know if it's like what to believe anymore. And it's been that way for a very long time. Um, and so I feel in some ways really blessed to be able to uh, go into work and get, you know, research and new information. And like, because that's a part of our job, we have to have the most current information. That being said, let me just tell y'all that everybody's screwed in terms of what we know. And we don't know, like even in like the medical profession, there's just, there's so little that we know. Um, and it's just shedding light on a lot of inequities that were already there in our healthcare system, um, all the disparities that we have, you know, that leading up to this, everybody saw, and now there's just no way we can ignore any of it. Um, so yeah, just just a daily basis dealing with that kind of emotionally preparing myself and my self-care has to be 110. So in some ways, it's kind of good that we're all on lockdown when I'm not at work because all I can do is meditate and dance by myself and like, you know, do all these things that I need to do for myself. Um, 
there's been some interesting stuff in terms of our protections at work. You know, I work in labor and delivery. And so in some ways we're, I'm at a county hospital. In some ways we are the first line of defense. We are considered similarly to how ER, the ER is, but you know, the, the ER is where you go if you have, if you're sick and you know, obviously labor and delivery, you could be sick and delivering a baby, but that's not necessarily where you're going to go if you're sick. Um, and so, you know, but that being said, we have family members that come in. We have women that are pregnant that are sick that come in. We've had some people that were rule out cases. We don't really know people's status when they come in and the policies and procedures and lack thereof has been really, really challenging. Um, administration and management is also really scared. We are, like I said, a county hospital and we have very minimal resources. Um, and people don't want to let go, like people at the top don't want to let go of the resources that they have to take care of people. <laughs> and so, you know, they've had 10 years I just found out I went to a union meeting the other day and they found, um, or they told us that they've had 10 years, our administration's had 10 years to get an exact plan in place for something exactly like this. And they kept being like, oh no, it's fine, it's fine. And now it's happening and nobody's prepared. And what we were being told is that as nurses, we've taken an oath to basically put ourselves on the line. <laughs> and um, I'm like, last I checked, I wasn't joining the military and there's supposed to be <laughs> checks and balances, right? Um, yeah, so anyway, so now that being said, that's what they're telling us. And what we're being told by the union is that the pushback on that needs to be that, you know, this is illegal. There are certain mandates for this. And, um, you know, we need to have a track record of what's happening. And because of the supplies and the lack, I'm sure everybody's heard about that, um, the lack of masks and personal protective equipment for hospital staff, which is like super sweet, the way that communities come together and like making masks and donating like masks from the fire season and all these kinds of things. It's been really beautiful to see that. Um, but the, like I think a lot of people have heard, the issue is not a, a supply issue. It's that, you know, the federal government is not nationalizing these industries. Um, and so people are bidding and paying a lot more money for, you know, a mask where it's, it's a life and death situation for people. And it's extremely unfair. And all this is just really mind boggling at the complete lack of um, responsibility for the federal government. And in some ways, this is exactly what they wanted because they want to show that it's not necessary anymore and that private enterprise is all we need. Um, but if private enterprise is causing people to pay like, you know, twice or three times as much for life-saving things. That's not a profit that, you know, anybody should be trying to make. And, you know, the healthcare system's been profiting off of people's pain and suffering for a long time, and this is showing it, like, to the nth degree. Um, so it's just causing, I mean, in some ways, it's, it's, it's great because, you know, sitting here and stewing and all this at home, I'm at union meetings, I'm writing letters, I'm doing all these things so that once we do exit these portals that we're in, um, we're all going to be really mobilized. So... Mm -hmm. when we're going to have strategies. And I think that that's the beautiful part of all this, but it's pretty disgusting what, what people are doing um, on, on higher levels within the hospital itself and then outside in our you know administration federally as well. So, yeah, and there's a lot of other little things too that come up if you guys have specific questions, otherwise I can just ramble forever on all of that. <laughs> but yeah, that's the long and short of it. No, that's what uh, we were over talking to uh, my our, my friend Richard that, um, you know, he works at a, he's a manager of a, a grocery store, uh, a health food store in LA. And he was saying that, you know, working full time still throughout this pandemic is kind of like a blessing and a curse yeah. because of, of what you said. Like, at least you're not sitting at home just stewing and, and intaking all of this and just being super overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. So you have some sense of purpose. 
throughout it. Mm-hmm. But I, I did see comments like that, like, oh, you're nurses, you signed up for this. And it's like, no, you didn't sign up to not be taken care of. No. You're putting your all of something and you, d- you deserve to get that back from your community and from your government, from your city. But like, how do you feel like your local government has been, been treating the crisis? Because ob- we all know how the federal government has been. Right. Yeah, it's uh, a really good question. Um, so I think initially there was a really quick, quick and efficient response um, by our local governments, you know, to do the shelter in place and take more drastic measures. And we're seeing the results of that now. Um, you know, I don't want to be quick to say that like any sort of curve flattening, which is kind of the the hype that's going around, it's not really exactly that what is happening is as of a few days ago you know the numbers in um the numbers in new york were doubling every one to two days of new cases and then here it's it was doubling every three to five days so you know the takeaway is it's still doubling but it's doubling less quickly here and that's directly as a result of those measures um we're not at a curve because like i said it's doubling or we're not at the flattening of the curve because it's still doubling we're kind of in the peak now so that wave if you look at some of the maps and stuff and you see the wave that's coming over um, it's it's reaching us now and we also had our own wave that was able to be stopped a little bit and so it's all kind of coming together so that's like the landscape and then it's in the beginning the initial the initial stuff like I said was really good now what's happening is a little bit frustrating there's something I heard today that Gavin Newsom like donated 500 ventilators um, which I thought was a great idea if, you know if, we, if it's anticipated that we may not need them in terms of on the ground here for us, um, there was some legislation that was removed, um, which I think he felt like he had to do, uh, which was relating to to like nurse rate, nurse ratios, nurse to patient ratios, and so he removed those regulations, which is why you know care here tends to be better and all these other things is because we have those ratios, mm-hmm. um, and so now it's he's this. The, you know, the rhetoric behind it is like, oh, well, people are going to be coming in, so you have to treat all the people that you can, right? So, but if at the same time you're treating this mass of people and then all the nurses and doctors are getting sick and then we don't have anybody to take care of them because you've been like not putting on your protective equipment the right way and having to go see multiple people, like we know what what bad ratios do. I mean, you can look at examples of that all over the South. Um, And so there's a reason why we have those. And so safety-wise, it's a big deal. Um, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing is that the CDC, which that was the one thing that I'm not happy with. And there's been some pushback on that and we've been encouraged to, uh, document all those, all those things. Um, the other thing is that the CDC, which a lot of people are referencing is, is a guideline. Um, so it's not a mandate. So it's not a legal thing. It's basically like, you, you know, when states say that they're adhering to the CDC guidelines, it's just a guideline. It's not like, it's not enforceable. Um, and so the CDC, even that downgraded like the need for certain protective equipment for nurses. And that wasn't because they thought the virus wasn't going to be needing that kind of, you know, people weren't going to be needing that kind of protection from the virus. That was because they said they didn't have the um, equipment, right? Um, it wasn't for to protect anybody, which is just disgusting in and of itself. And so Gavin Newsom wasn't on that in the beginning. And then later on, he said, mm-hmm. actually, we're going to go with that just because he thought he didn't have enough supplies. So he, he, like I said, he, again, he thought he was just doing what he had to do, which, you know, the union has proposed a lot of different options for that. One of which is like expediting the nursing um, students in the schools, um, mm-hmm. doing kind of apprenticeship stuff and not closing them to all these kinds of things. And a lot of those weren't weren't looked at um and so 
yeah, so that's, that's problematic. Um, and I think that there's other measures, you know, I, I know that like, you know, our, our administration in California know what the best practices are. I definitely have confidence in that. Um, I think they're being pushed up against. And I think in a lot of ways, California is trying to be made an example, but we are always really strong in that, even with all the crap coming down from up, up top. So mm -hmm. I hope I hope that continues, but it also means that all our unions and healthcare workers unions and service workers unions are gonna have to keep telling these people what's actually going on because they'll believe anybody that comes and yells the loudest, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the main, the main um, body that like we're working with is uh, Cal OSHA and um, what is it? SEIU, SEIU uh, 1021 or 20, 1021, I believe is ours. And mm -hmm. um, we go by the Cal OSHA um, aerosolized droplet transmission guidelines and those are enforceable. And basically, you know, if people don't, don't adhere to those management doesn't adhere to those. Um, they are doing something that's illegal and Gavin Newsom like downgraded that necess necessity as well. And so we have to just keep, keep, like documenting so that when this is over people have recourse um but yeah so yeah good and bad <laughs> overall so marina can you kind of walk us through this i mean the start of this was a long time ago let's face it right but maybe when it started ramping up in early well late february early march till now like yeah. what's that what's that looked like every time you've been to the hospital and 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 seeing patients yeah, so uh, it's kind of it's kind of a trip because well, right now at Highland, I'll just take a snapshot of right now. Like we've been anticipating a wave, and we only have fourteen cases, um, and of those fourteen, you know, seven are at home and seven are in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So we also since since when it happened, since when it started amping up, you know, there's a lot of fear. We don't have didn't have enough equipment inside the hospital. We were trying to figure out what to do. We didn't really know what was going on. Um, the shelter in place got enacted, um, and then you know we did the best we could to gather supplies we had and all these types of things. Um, and then what started happening too is we actually made a floor. At the hospital, we have what we call negative pressure rooms, which kind of suck all the air back in, so that droplet hmm. or aerosolize. And there's some some question on to, about um, like whether it's droplet or like spray or how long it can hang in the air and all these things. So these rooms kind of keep that from from getting out to the public um, or into the main areas. And so we have in labor and delivery, we had uh, let's see, we have like four two of those on labor and then two in postpartum. And then the other floors have more depending on the units. Um, ICU has more. Um, and then we were so worried about it, you know, at the hospital that uh, they were considering, and I think they may be in process of converting one of the one whole floor to a COVID floor, which mm -hmm. for a hospital mm -hmm. that doesn't have a lot of resources, is like, yes, this is serious, you know? And so I have friends that are all like conspiracy theorists and I think we all have some level of that. I mean, if people ripped off their face and they were aliens at this point, I'd be like, yep. <laughs> Makes <don't> sense. sense. <laughs> yeah, makes, there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have a little conspiracy theorist in me <laughs> yeah. about all of this to be right. Right. Ahead, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, so that all, um, all of that, like, 
coming into play and in, you know, seeing all those changes that were happening with a hospital and administrators that don't like to make change and don't want to take money away from themselves. I'm like, this, there's got to be something legit to this. And even when I first started hearing about it, I was like, do we really need to wear masks, all this? And then it became pretty apparent that this was no bullshit. And uh, so, yeah, so we've been sitting now with some changes that we've made and we're still not completely com prepared but um, we've been sitting kind of waiting for this storm. And I think what I've heard recently is that we're kind of in the peak of it now, at least for California, starting to be in that peak, the beginning parts of it. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Um, people, our visitor policy now, which is really difficult on labor and delivery, um, it's one person and no doulas, I'm sure you've heard about some of this stuff. There's like no support people besides the partner usually or whoever they want. And so there's been a lot of difficulty with that. You know, we had a 16 year old that um, was delivering the other day and her brother was trying so hard to get in because family, I mean, the reality is people are like doing what they have to do to survive. And so they want to be able to switch out and support their loved ones and they can't, um, mm -hmm. you know. And so we had, and then we had a couple rule out people um, on the floor that weren't positive. And then we also have um, a lot of the incarcerated patients. So, you know, mm -hmm. women that are coming from the jail will deliver there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we had a woman actually recently that was going to be getting out and um, was, you know, relatively soon and was like, wait, all the stores are closed. Like she'd been inside. So she had no idea. And so now she's coming wow. out into this world of like, what the hell is going on? And I'm about to have this baby. And mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's so there's that. Um, so yeah, it's just been kind of like a day by day thing. A lot of a lot of the folks at the top levels um, are just kind of spewing a lot of rhetoric and things. A lot of things that just don't, you know, like we're all in this together. We're all working together, and then we're not really getting those the resources that we need. Now it's starting to happen. Um, recently in the ER. Um, they had been com complaining that, you know, they were having to wear trash bags and they were, um, mm. you know, for the protective equipment and not having masks and things like this. So one of the ER nurses, if you uh, follow him, he's on Instagram at, I think, Oakland, Oakland nurse. Um, he's got a lot of really good information on there. But he, he and some other folks there called the press conference other, after they'd been asking for all this materials and they had been told no. And um, the next day, I believe they got what they, <laughs> what they asked for. Mm -hmm. um, so there's stuff like that, you know, we just, we got a bunch of new beds, like tons and tons. I don't know the exact number, but we got a lot of new beds anticipating all these patients coming in. But yeah, so far, like I said, only 14. This is the beginning though, so who knows? And the, what I keep telling people too, like my friend was all, well, you know, who's very into conspiracy, conspiracy <laughs> theory. He's like, well, you know, you haven't seen the numbers, like where all the hospitals are empty, where are all these people and I'm like you don't want to test those waters and have it turn into New York trust me and I'm like they don't make these changes at Highland of all places for nothing you know um so yeah just just being really being really candid about all the things that are happening inside to people is very important for me so that people once like I said everybody's head is spinning at home um we can kind of get the right information and, and do you have friends that are working outside of California um, that are also in the healthcare field? And, yeah. and can, you, can you tell us the pulse on, on what's, what they're saying? Yeah, I, I don't have some close friends. I actually found out I have a bunch of cousins in New York who are working out there um, mm -hmm. as nurses. Um, so, well, actually, yeah, I, a, a good friend, 
we're not so much in touch now, but a friend of mine um, from a while back had told me that both of his, uh, both his, one of his family members, his aunts and his uncles, his aunt and his uncle are nurses in New York and they both got it. Mm. Um, and his aunt is, I guess, wasn't doing very well. And then the uncle is doing fine. But that's the thing with this is that like, there's no guarantee. People want a hard and fast. This is how it's going to present for everybody. And that's, what's so scary is that, you know, you could be a young, youngish, like semi-healthy or healthy person and go into the hospital and be like, Oh, I feel like I have a little bit of a tight chest. And they're like, okay, we're gonna have to sedate you put you on a ventilator for 10 days just to be safe. And, you know, you may come, may come out of it. You may not. And that's a little bit scary to hear this, like someone like you or I going in for something like this. And there has been cases like that. I mean, the vast majority are not, but that's why it's so important for people to actually do the things that are being asked of them at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned that um, you've been writing a lot of letters and, and, and doing all these things in your, in your off time. So I wanted to know, you know, it's been really great seeing the outpouring of people for nurses and people in, in your industry, bringing them lunch, pizzas and stuff like that. But, but what else can we do? People that are sitting at home, who are you writing letters to and, and, and what kind of movements do we need to really be focusing on right now in your opinion? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, anything that the union is up to, like I said, ours is SEIU. So, and since it's a service workers union, it kind of encompasses a lot of different bodies of people. I think it's a good one to watch anything that the SEIU is doing. Mm -hmm. um, the California Nurses Association also has some good legislation and some, you know, uh, different petitions to sign. Um, there's also, God, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, well, Recently, they just fired one of the clinical educators in the ER at, um, you know, at, at Highland, and that was those are that's the person that would be there to kind of help us to make sure that we're doing everything right, um, and putting on the protective equipment right, and getting all the the newest information and all that. And they fired her, um, and so we were asking people to write a letter to um, Del Vecchio. And that's Del Vecchio. I don't have his email on me, but if you go on the Highland website, um, his last name is Del Vecchio, and he's the CEO. Um, and there's a couple, there's something else that just came up. They're doing another firing now of, um, of these, there's an outside group of, of practitioners that we contract in for the, our labor and delivery obstetric team. And they're all wonderful. And they're our main obstetrics team. And um, we just found out they're called Oak Care. And we just found out that these doctors that have been working for, you know, for decades with us um, are now going to be potentially fired. Um, in this time of crisis and a new, a new group is going to come on. I don't know why. Um, so, you know, writing to the CEO and just, and of Highland and just talking about some of these people can actually email me too, because every day there's a whole slew of things that comes in. Um, mm. And so, you know, if, if, if something comes up, people can either find me on social media or, or email me and I can give them some, some stuff to call or to, to email folks to, and also following um, Oakland Oakland Nurse. There's a lot of different information on there that he posts up. So people can directly follow. And I I'm curious about the firings because I mean, every every company every every I don't know every company right now is going through firings and furloughs. But it doesn't make sense in a hospital. Yeah. Um, I mean, mm -hmm. nothing makes sense right now. But <laughs> no, yeah. I know. I'm just curious about that decision. But um, yeah. I found that out a couple of days ago and I was, I was shocked. Um, and I don't really know what's behind it either. So we're all doing our, 
writing and talking and all that kind of stuff now. So yeah, everywhere's feeling it. Um, I, I'm not sure how it's all going to pan out, but, and they actually even talked to, so in it, what I did hear is that in New York and some places in the South now too, that are really um, overwhelmed is that labor and de delivery units are having their nurses, um, like they're shutting down the units and only having a really small labor and delivery unit attached to the hospital. And then they're um, having those nurses work in the unit, in the med surge units that receive the people that are positive for COVID instead. Um, and so, I mean, that's problematic in so many ways. Cause like, what if someone is trying to just have their baby and not be exposed to yeah. all these other, there's so many things, but that also sheds light on how necessary is it to pathologize birth and have it in a hospital setting in the first place, which is what I've talked about. Um, and you know, you look at other countries and models where they have like a nurse goes to the home and if everything's fine, they just deliver at the home. There's nothing wrong with that. We're in an urban environment. They can go right down the street to the hospital if something happens, you know? So mm -hmm. there's, there's all these things that are happening that are also shedding light on like just kind of extra random stuff we have. I mean, there's people that come to Highland just to eat and have a sense of community, you know? Um, and now it's kind of eerie sometimes you'll go and there'll be like no one in the er because everybody's so scared to come in and we're mm -hmm. telling people not to unless they have these symptoms i'm like well then how necessary is all these things and this is like one of the number three one to three trauma hospitals in the country like how mm -hmm. necessary is all this other stuff and can we have public health initiatives and clinics and mental health services so that we don't have to have people just living at the hospital right um, mm -hmm. so it's showing a lot of things that could be changed um so yeah, hopefully that starts happening. And randomly, this interestingly, this this guy that I had met uh, a few months back um, called me and asked because he's actually running for office. His name is Tree T R I Tree. No, I can't even pronounce last name. It's N G O is his last name. But he's uh, he's talking about right, help me helping him write some policy. Um, hopefully with like healthcare bent because that's really what I know. So. Yeah. I was going to say, are you running for something? You <laughs> <laughs> should be. Very policy-based. So I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I mean, people have asked me that for years. I would, uh, I don't know if I could ever do that. Look, but I, I'm just saying, you have a good talk behind you. Yeah. You have someone here that has run a campaign. I mean, okay. now, now, that would be a fun campaign. <laughs> yeah, mm. right. This, you don't give speeches, you just dance. You just yeah, preach you with your body. Out, You're right. just like... Like charades. <laughs> like, yeah. one move. Yeah. I'll help so moderate. That, I don't know. We can just that Has that been your solace, though? Just, like, Love coming it. home and just dancing? I mean, yes. it always is, generally speaking. Yeah. But that's all you can do now, right? Just, like, yeah. dance by yourself? <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. I mean, the other night, they had, like, the super moon. Well, also, if my mind wants to spin conspiracy theory, I, like, push it to astrology instead. That's <laughs> we should have a, an outtake of conspiracy theories because... Oh, God. I... <laughs> <laughs> it's very convenient that this is happening in 2020. Oh, all I'm yeah. saying, and I it's know. a big political year here, so right? I don't know. Just saying. And Jupiter and Pluto are aligned, uh, and so, you know, all those things. So don't get me started. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, yeah. In trouble. I'll get in trouble. So. I mean, I feel you. I I definitely go and dive in that pool quite often. And now, like I said, stewing in it at home, especially single person at home it's you know it happens a lot but I'll come like the other night when there was the full moon I just was like in front of the camera with I had it on my Facebook with like my fingers 
dancing like this for a while and I was like, oh my God, I've lost it. (laughs) (laughs) I've totally lost it. I was just going to say, oh, teach me that. Maybe you can give us a quick lesson before we go. (laughs) A little finger dance. (laughs) How to keep our selves occupied. (laughs) It's basically Itsy Bitsy Spider Advanced. (laughs) I don't know any of this finger tutting stuff. I just pretend. (laughs) I go like this. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Like voguing, like mini. No, Ange, that looks like a bad word. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm going off the. Cu- I'm exp- exploring. I'm creating my own moves. No, I don't As like the, that. For the huge, Ange is like on her. Ad libbing. I thought is you were. Ad- I mean, it could work. I think she's doing this, and that's just not anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Well. Right. You know. Okay. Yeah, I'll practice. Marina, as as we wrap up a little bit here, can you tell people where they can find you? And also, do you want to give out your email or you want them to email us? Oh, I know, right. How do you Um, feel about that? I I mean, mean, we have like two listeners, so it's fine. Me but they really care. I'm sorry, three. Me, Ange, and my fiance. Those are the oh. They really care, though. They do. They'll, we'll probably all send you an email, but um, yeah. I, I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, maybe just field them to you guys for now. I'm getting so many, like I said, things to just respond to and stuff right now. Then I can, you can let me know if they're legit. Yeah, too legit to work. Yeah. Oh, where can they find you for your music and your dancing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I've been slacking on the music, but maybe that's going to change now that I'm at home. Um, yeah, so let's see. Uh, SoundCloud is Nurse Boogie. All of these are with a Y instead of an IE at the end. And then Instagram is Marina, M-A-R-I-N-A, underscore nurse, underscore B-O-O-G-Y. And then Facebook is Marina, Nurse Boogie, same thing. So, hmm. Yeah. What a time to have you on. Yeah, I know. It used I know. to be sexy to be a single nurse, and now I get no play. <laughs> well, you can't. That, do- that doesn't mean you're not sexy. And that doesn't know. mean I'm you're sorry. not sexy. <laughs> Give me a break. I think you're sexy. You're it's been a while man. for me. I want to jump through the computer right now. Oh, oh and I would take all three of you. Oh, <laughs> and the spam. And the spam. <laughs> on top of the spam. <laughs> While eating the spam. Are the spams for afterwards? Oh my god. Pick up an appetite. (laughs) If anybody wants to illustrate that, send it, send it in. Sure. The real BT pod at gmail.com. So down for that. So down. Weird. Weird. That's a weird way to end this. (laughs) Yeah. On that note. I'm hungry. I don't know. That made Apparently me hungry. we're having bitch talk pandemic sex while eating. Dude, people are thirsty. People are thirsty right now. Dude, Marina, yeah. I'm worried about, I mean, honestly, I, I wrote this like a few weeks ago on Instagram, kind of as a joke, but not. I'm very worried about how many people are going to have babies in like nine months. And I know that's your job, but I'm like, dude. <laughs> job security. Oh, yeah, I mean. No, I mean. Yeah, it's real. I, the, I've seen the UPS guy, and he gets hotter and hotter to me oh, every yeah, time I see him. Oh, yeah, just going to hump him. Yeah, oh I, God. like, try to do the stairs when I know. Like, oh, <laughs> I, think, I think now's it. And there's no, yeah, it's just because it's the only interaction I've had. Like, Well, all regularly. these people, I, I think, 
I support all of those UPS interactions, but I also think, <laughs> I also think that people need to really be careful, like especially anybody that goes to Highland because one of the people that they're firing is the head of our abortion clinic, which was already, already strapped. So yeah, practice safely if you're going to be practicing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an intense time right now, but I feel you like the, you know, the, the hungry eyes and the thirstiness is, is real. Like I was walking in sweats the other day, just walking my dog with a mask on and like glasses. You couldn't see anything in this guy's whole head, like half his body is out the window. <laughs> what is easy, going on? Easy. <laughs> you know? like, God. Even during a pandemic. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be crazy with it. Hey, let's hang out when this is over, Marina. Okay. We're going to well, have we to were trying to get that together before. Before I know, I know damn it. The week be this was, was so fucking busy last year. Yeah, now, it was literally the week before this. We were on shutdown. We were supposed to meet up. Well, now, oh. damn it. Don't lift up or don't like overload that schedule right away when we get off lockdown. Then this is a note for everybody just like really start prioritizing the things that are important in your life and like take it down a notch because that's what it's been showing me. I'm like, how do I still feel busy when I've been yes. sitting at home all fucking day? Mm-hmm. Like, the sun. Like how important was all this other shit I was doing, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I need a whole yeah. day to just look outside. <laughs> like, that's right. just fine, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Aww. That's a beautiful that's a beautiful way to end this one. I yeah, way, agree. way better than the orgy on spam. So. <laughs> well, that's still going to be there, but yeah, I think exactly. we'll end on that note. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn, it went by. It always goes so quick. I love you guys. I know. I know. Love you so much. Miss I you. Playing with you. Next Thanks. time, let's just have like a full-on jam session uh, and dance. Okay. You know, it's a podcast. Fuck All right. <laughs> Even better. Use okay. your imagination. Dance lesson. Erin right. used to do, uh, hip-hop, be a hip-hop dancer. I actually started going back to classes literally the Sunday, the Sunday before, like, everything started shutting down. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, I was really feeling myself. And well, you could take Zoom classes now. Uh, I know it sucks. It's horrible. No, but if it's with you, then it'd be different. Right. You know, it's with homies. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can just, so maybe we can plan that sometime soon. I'm down. All right. My neighbor would really do that. I'm so down. Let's do it, Marina. Love you so much. Love you. Love you. You You too. Bye, ladies. Bye. (laughs) So that was Marina Stankov-Hodge, who is way smarter than any of us. <laughs> yep. No offense. But I could, ju- I could just sit and listen to her talk and preach on and learn things. <laughs> so re- really grateful that she took the time to came- come on and hopefully the next time it can be under a little happier circumstances. But, but um, it's always just really great just to hear her thoughts on things and, and her take on things. So don't forget, check us out on our brand spanking new website, bitchtalkpodcast.com. You can find us every Monday morning from 6 to 6.30 at BFF.FM. We are powered by GoTo Productions. Bitch, please.